Before going on to listen to this episode, I must preface it with a trigger warning. In this episode that you are about to listen to, I will be mentioning eating disorders and other mental health issues. I will make sure to preface every episode with this trigger warning in case that there is mention of something you might not be able to handle. This podcast is meant to be an educational and mind-opening podcast to the scary world of eating disorders and what they can do. Even though I want this environment to feel safe for everyone, please proceed to listen with caution. This show will include genuine content only. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Reasons for Recovery. I do need to apologize in advance because there may or may not be a little bit of a white noise in the background. If there is, I do apologize. But when I was filming the intro to this podcast episode, it just sounded like the the background noise was like extremely just like, I don't even know how to describe it. It was just very like white noise sounding and... It was kind of annoying, but I couldn't fix it, so hopefully it's not so much of a bother to you guys. I will definitely get it fixed by next podcast episode, but um, just bear with me here. Uh, hopefully things will be fine by the next time you listen to the podcast. So, uh, But anyways, welcome back to another episode. I hope you all have been having a great week and a non-stressful week. Me, on the other hand, oh my goodness, <laughs> it has been one of the hardest weeks ever. Uh, at least when I'm recording this, it has been a very hard week. Um, if you guys have been following along for a while, you would know that there's been this one class in particular that I have been just struggling with. <laughs> I actually failed it last semester, and I had to retake it again this semester. But it turns out that I was failing the class once again. <laughs> so I decided to just drop the course entirely and just focus on other things because... That class was stressing me out so much to the point where I was only worried about that class and nothing else. I was only worried about that and I figured that it was best to drop it completely and just take it somewhere else like at a community college or something. Um, Because if you guys don't know or if you aren't really aware of how college credits work, um, when you go to college you can transfer credits from other colleges And that's what I plan on doing uh, with this class, at least. Uh, And it's going to be easier that way. Because at my school, this class is extremely difficult to pass. But at community colleges, they're fairly easy. So hopefully that'll go well for me and that I can finally pass the class. You know, I've been doing it for two semesters now. But I'll be retaking it in the summer for the third time. And we're going to see if we can pass it this time. But since it's at a community college, it should be better. But it's been a lot. It's been so much to deal with. Uh, It has been the only thing on my mind this week, really. And the only thing I've been focusing on. But it's all done now. It's all over with. I've dropped the class. We don't have to deal with it anymore. So I can finally just sit down and relax. Because it was such a stress on my school life. I can't even tell you guys where to begin. Like, oh my gosh. But aside from all of that, uh, we can go ahead and get into more happier and less stressful-inducing topics. Um, Before we actually get into today's episode, I wanted to update you all on the wedding. Uh, If you don't know by now, I'm engaged. It's literally the only thing I talk about on here outside of podcast stuff. But if you didn't know that by now, you're either new or you just don't pay attention. (laughs) So anyway, um, update on the wedding. I found my dress. 
Yes, I finally got my dress for the wedding and I'm very excited about it. I don't have to worry about my fiance listening to this because he does not listen to the podcast, so he won't be hearing me talk about this. But uh, I actually really love it, and I didn't expect myself to really like a dress because I'm not that big of a girly girl. I don't like frilly things. I especially don't like dresses. Not for them whatsoever. If there's an opportunity where I have to pick between a dress or just, like, any other sort of dressy shirt, I will pick the dressy shirt. I'm not putting myself in a dress. I just hate dresses. Uh, But I finally, I found a dress for my wedding, and I really, really like it. And it's very surprising. And it matches the shoes that I'm going to wear very well. Um, Speaking of not being a girly girl, the shoes that I'm going to wear to my wedding are actually going to be white Converse. So that should tell you how much of a girly girl I definitely am not. Uh, But that, you know, that's great that I finally found a dress and, you know, we're getting closer and closer to the date. Like it's flying by quicker than I thought. Uh, I have only 280 days on the day I'm recording this, 280 days left. And it might seem like a lot, but that's going to go by really quick because I was just telling myself that it was only 350 days and now it's 280. So uh, it's going by really quick. My mom and I have also been working on flower arrangements, mostly because we don't have the money for a florist, and also because fake flowers are superior over real flowers. I don't care what anybody says, um, because, you know, you can keep them forever, they don't have to die or anything like real flowers do, so I'll definitely be able to keep my bouquet and other flower decor that'll be at the wedding, so that's great. I'm having a very wintry themed wedding, so it's going to be full of like holly leaves, white flowers, red berries, stuff like that. I chose like maroon, mauve, white colors uh, for like to match the theme of like wintry setting. So it'll be a lot of those kind of colored flowers and decorations. So that's going to be fun. Um, But enough wedding talk. Let's actually get into today's episode because I'm already like way over time for an intro. (laughs) So let's get into today's topic. So today I wanted to talk about debunking some of the very common eating disorder myths that are heard within today's society. I really wanted to touch on this today because it just seems like a big issue with people who are wanting to start recovery is that they become very reluctant Sorry, my cats are chasing each other right now. (laughs) They're usually very quiet when I record, but they're being extra rambunctious today. Anyways, what I was saying was, um, I, I really want to touch on this today because it seems like such a big issue within people wanting to start recovery is that they become very reluctant due to these myths that are floating around. A lot of these myths that I'm going to touch on today can make someone with an eating disorder feel very invalidated and very unworthy of recovery. So today's goal is to debunk these myths and show why they don't mean anything and how recovery is something that you are very worthy of. Some people who have never experienced an eating disorder firsthand don't really understand the aspects of one or how it truly feels, which is why myths like this become very common in our society. So my usual theme when I'm going through like a list of topics is that I just pick out five bullet points to talk about uh, for the episode. And that's exactly what I'm going to be doing today. I'm going to just talk about five 
different eating disorder myths and misconceptions, and I will be debunking them and showing you how they are invalid statements and why, once again, you are worthy of recovery and much stronger than what those myths are going to tell you. So my first myth that I would really like to touch on today is that eating disorders are just a choice or we chose to have an eating disorder. There have been many instances in my life where I have actually believed this myth, and as you know, I have dealt with a lot of physical health problems following my disorder, and I always put myself to blame for that. I've told myself many times in the past, and still to this day sometimes, that, well, I'm only suffering physically because I chose to have an eating disorder, or I chose to make myself this way, you know, stuff like that, which is entirely false, very, very untrue. Never believe someone or even yourself when you hear this. It's something we've talked about before in other episodes, but eating disorders are not a choice. They are just like any other mental illness. Would you go up to someone and tell them that their bipolar disorder is a choice or their anxiety disorder is a choice or any other psychiatric illness they may have is a choice? No, you wouldn't. And the same applies with an eating disorder. A lot of people like to push eating disorders under the rug and not really classify them as a psychiatric illness, when in reality, it's definitely one. We have already talked about this before, but it is known and has been researched that eating disorders are actually highly caused by genetics paired with other pre-existing mental illnesses. If we know other mental health problems are not a choice, then why don't we classify eating disorders as one of those? Eating disorders are a mental thing. They cause harm to you mentally, which in turn can hurt you physically. It's not something that you can just snap out of. Because if it were a choice, that would be the logical answer, right? Just snap out of it, you know? But my point here is, eating disorders are not by choice. Because if it were, then the rate of eating disorders across the world, and especially the rate of eating disorder deaths, uh, would be significantly lower, or probably non-existent. Because there is not a single person out there with an eating disorder that truly wants it and chose to have it. If it were a choice, it would be something we would want happening to us. And trust me, an eating disorder is not something that you want. It's not something that you want to happen to you. So another big myth that honestly makes me the most upset, and I've heard it a lot, mainly on social media, is that... Anorexia is the only serious disorder, or it's the only one that you can die from, or it's the only one that really matters. So, you can really tell why this one bothers me the most, and it's because I've personally, you know, been through this and suffered with this, but there's this stigma around eating disorders where people who aren't properly educated think that anorexia is the only serious eating disorder because of the way it makes you look. We associate skinny with malnourished, and then malnourished with death. And you're not wrong to a certain degree, but obviously overall this is not really true. Eating disorders come in many different forms, not just anorexia. You have bulimia, ARFID, OSFID, binge eating disorder, and probably a multitude of others that I'm not mentioning right now. It doesn't just happen in the form of anorexia. And on top of that, other eating disorders have very high mortality rates as well. Research shows that OSFED actually has a 5.2% mortality rate, which draws it very close to the 4% mortality rate for anorexia. Bulimia is also on the list of very high mortality rates as well, which makes them all just as valid as anorexia. 
And even though it might not seem like it, binge eating can cause a result in death as well. Every single eating disorder is just as dangerous as the last. They can all cause harm to a person in some sort of way, and there is no competition of what disorder is worse. They're all equally the same. They're all very, very bad. They're all just as scary to deal with every single day, and even though mortality rates may differ from disorder to disorder, that doesn't make one worse than the other. If they all have a mortality rate of some form, they're all super serious. The only way an eating disorder would not be serious at all is if they just didn't have a mortality rate, and there would be no chance of it hurting you. But newsflash, all eating disorders will cause harm to your body, whether it's psychologically, mentally, physically, etc. So in that case, every single eating disorder is serious. If you can harm yourself in some sort of way with an eating disorder, then yes, it is serious and it requires very special care and work towards your recovery. A lot of people assume that since you're skinny with anorexia, then that makes you at a higher risk and it makes you more of a serious case. But in reality, every disorder found in the categories of eating disorders are very serious. Each and every one of them requires serious professional help, and if never acquired, then it can really ruin your life. Another really troubling myth that I hear a lot, especially in today's society, is that eating disorders are only a girl thing, and boys aren't affected by it. I really, really hate this one. I, <laughs> I really cannot tell you how much I hate this one. I probably hate it more than the last one, uh, that there are still people out there that really believe this with all of their heart. I really hate that we are still centering mental illness around specific genders and only saying that one specific gender suffers and if the other one does, it makes them weak. Like in this case, a lot of people assume that eating disorders are just a girl thing, which honestly baffles me to begin with because anybody with a brain can have an eating disorder. But when society sees a guy suffering from an eating disorder, they don't ask if they're okay, they don't ask if they need help, they just call him weak and stupid for having this mental illness, which makes things even worse. I can't even imagine how some guys may feel when they finally open up about their eating disorder and somebody just calls them weak. Like, that makes me so mad. It just makes no sense whatsoever to me. And I feel like this is the main reason why guys never really speak up about their disorder. It's because they are terrified about what people will say to them. Now, I've mentioned a TikToker on here many, many times in the past. I'm pretty sure I even mentioned him in, like, the last episode. I can't remember. But there's this TikTok influencer that I love watching because he does really good eating disorder content and eating disorder videos. And he talks about this a lot and the vulnerability about it, how guys just get a bad rap if they say they have an eating disorder and it really deters them from speaking out and saying something because they're scared to see what people are going to say to them. And I just, I really hate that because when a girl opens up about their eating disorder, people congratulate them and they call them warrior and fighter and give them all the encouragement they want. But I feel like every time a guy decides to open up for recovery, they just get bashed for it and they get made fun of for it. And I just don't really see the fairness in that. Just think, if your best friend, who is a guy, came up to you and said, hey, I think I have an eating disorder and I need some encouragement and some help because I, I would like to, you know, start recovery or something along those lines, you know, I don't really think you would start bashing them for that. You know, you'd want to be loving, right? And that's 
all that they want out of someone. It's just encouragement and support. That's all that a person wants, whether they're a guy or a girl. They just want love and support from, you know, their family, their friends, whoever. And it is actually proven that there are a few eating disorders out there that affect men more than women. Shocking, I know. (laughs) But for example, binge eating disorder, that is more common in men. And there are many other sources that say that eating disorders within men are actually on the rise to this day. So no, eating disorders are not just subjected to women. Anyone, male or female, can suffer, and no matter which side it's on, it's just as serious and important. Now this next myth that I'm going to talk about really hits home for me, and that is, once an anorexic person gains their weight back, they are normal again. And I say that this hits home for me because I have heard the same thing over and over and over since I became weight restored. I was very lucky uh, to have become weight restored and physically restored altogether about 10 months into my recovery, but that's not where everything stops. This ties into what we talked about in the first myth, how eating disorders are not just a physical thing. Yes, they will cause a lot of physical harm to one's body, but it comes along with other mental health issues that will continue to take part in your life even when you're a healthy weight again. Yes, restoration is definitely the first thing that must be taken care of in anorexia recovery. But like I said, you are also having to take care of your mental health. You also need to take that into account as well. When you suffer from an eating disorder, specifically anorexia, you have the mindset that you are never skinny enough and that is what keeps you from being at your healthy weight. And just imagine what it's like for people out there that are going through anorexia recovery just to be told, you know, good job, you're cured. Like as soon as they hit their weight restoration goal, they're told like, good job, awesome, you did it, you're done. Like no need to keep trying anymore. You know, it's it makes them feel so crappy mentally because it's very difficult for someone with anorexia recovery just to gain weight to begin with because that voice in their head tells them that it isn't right and that isn't what beauty is and they need to stop. Mentally, they struggle every single day to fight off that voice that tells them that they are still beautiful even though their brain tells them differently. And telling someone that they're cured just because they look healthy now really makes them feel invalid that they are still struggling mentally. Even though a person is recovering from anorexia and they look healthy on the outside, that does not mean that they are completely healed on the inside. They are still battling daily to fight off any mental struggles that they may have that follow with an eating disorder. They are still trying their hardest every day to not relapse and not give in to those thoughts that pop into their head. And it's still an everyday battle, even post-weight restoration. And I can say all of this with 100% confidence because this was my exact situation. The minute that I was classified as weight restored, I had comment after comment after comment, people calling me, texting me, everything immediately saying like, I was normal again, good job, you did it, you're healthy again. And I had nothing to worry about anymore. You know, I beat my eating disorder, which is semi right. Like I understand where people are coming from. I did beat anorexia, yes. But my eating disorder as a whole is still an everyday battle that I continue to fight with daily. And for the most part, you know, I win. But there are still some days where it's like, it's better than the last or it's worse than the last. It's just, it's a constant everyday battle that I have to deal with for who knows how long. 
People who suffer from anorexia will beat that part when they become weight restored. But the thoughts that linger afterwards for however long and the mental health struggles that follow are a whole different battle that takes lots of patience, lots of time to fight and win each day. So once you become weight restored, you are not 100% restored. Physically, yes, you are 100% better, but mental health matters as well. It matters a lot, and keeping your mind in check and avoiding giving in to those thoughts that you battle each day is a whole new journey in itself. So please don't automatically assume just because someone is weight restored, that means that they are normal again. Their mental health is still very important as well, and it's something that you definitely have to take into consideration. Now, really quick before I get into the last myth, I wanted to do a little plug right here quickly for those who are listening right now. So basically, uh, I talk about this every single episode, but um, if you ever want to get in contact with me and just ask me anything, talk about the podcast, what you like, what you don't like, my Instagram DMs are open. They're free for you to use. Um, But if you would just like to follow me on Instagram in general, just if you want to do that and keep up with my daily life, my wedding, stuff like that, uh, my Instagram handle is going to be in the description for you to go and follow or go and DM, whatever you may want to do. Also, speaking of that, if you are feeling generous today, I also have my Venmo down in the description as well. Any donations that you want to give to me, will go straight for this podcast, straight to uh, funding this podcast, because, you know, all of my money is kind of going to other more important things right now, and I really need to have some money set aside for podcast stuff. So if you feel generous, like I said, if you feel generous to donating to this podcast and helping it grow and develop, my Venmo will also be in the description if you feel led to donate. All right, that was all for me. Back to the episode. My last myth here that I want to debunk is another one that's very close to home, and that is, let me put a really quick trigger warning here for people with emetophobia, uh, but vomiting is the only way that people will get rid of their food. Yes, I'm about to talk about vomiting. If you don't like that, uh, just kind of scroll along a little bit, (laughs) but... Yeah, this next myth is about that and how vomiting is the only way that people with eating disorders get rid of their food. Absolutely 100% false. And I hate that a lot of people still don't believe that. To speak from my own personal experiences, I suffered from anorexia, if you're new here. And the way that I got rid of my food was through excessive exercising and occasionally I would use laxatives. I never once in my life threw up, and I can say that with 100% confidence. I never in my life threw up because I had, and I still have, a huge fear of throwing up. It's something I've never really been able to handle, and it was the one thing I never made myself do as someone with an eating disorder. The thing that made me the most upset was that when I finally opened up about my eating disorder, I had some family that was really, really close to me, um, specifically in my immediate family, um, and they may be listening right now, so sorry for calling you out, but when I finally opened up about my disorder, uh, these people accused me of throwing up because they were so convinced that that was the only way someone with an eating disorder expelled their food. 
I would tell them over and over and over again, like, I never did that. I never tried throwing up. Like, I'm scared of it. I'm terrified. I literally just overexercised. Like, please listen to me. Uh, and I tried educating them that there are many other forms of getting rid of your food. And to be honest, to this day, I still don't know if they believe me or not. I still don't think they believe me. And there's lots of people out there in the world that are the same way, that they refuse to think that there's no other way besides throwing up. They only accept that throwing up is the only way to get rid of your food because they don't have the concept of how calories really work. In my opinion, I think that's what they believe um, or how food works once it's in the human body. Uh, when you eat food, if you aren't aware, <laughs> when you eat food, that turns into energy that your body uses for fuel. So literally doing anything to your body that expels energy is a way of getting rid of food. That's what happened with me. Personally with me, I overly obsessed with my workouts. I would spend hours upon hours at the gym or running and I would barely eat to make up for it because, you know, I would, I would eat stuff. I would eat during the day, but I burned off all of that energy in my workouts and then I would do the workout so much to the extent where I was burning off more calories than I was taking in per day and I never replenished that energy which made me significantly weaker and skinnier throughout time. Throwing up is not the only way out here you know. I think a lot of people are so set on that because it's just the stereotypical way a person with an eating disorder gets rid of their food and I feel like the media plays a really big part in that because when TV shows, movies, anything depicts people with an eating disorder, they are always depicted as, you know, lunged over a toilet vomiting. And I don't really appreciate that. I feel like they're not really giving eating disorders the right sort of um, representation, if I could say that. Um, I feel like they're just using a stereotypical thing here which is just throwing up and people take that and run with it and they don't really try to educate themselves that there might possibly be some other ways to get rid of your food but like I just showed you guys there are multiple ways to get rid of your food and it doesn't just boil down to induced vomiting it also irked me so much that when I would tell people I suffered from anorexia they just automatically assumed like I threw up and that's how I became the way that I did. I remember like when I would tell people like my backstory uh, post weight restoration and stuff like that I would always tell them like oh well I suffered from an eating disorder a couple years ago I suffered from anorexia and like instantly before I could even really like explain myself they're all like oh you vomited like you just vomited a lot and I'm like no I never did that there's so many other ways that you can get rid of your food and I just I really I really don't like how you know people still think that to this day like I said I really wish that it would stop because it's making assumptions and jumping to conclusions and ultimately making things way worse for that person who's suffering it all ties back to invalidation like I keep talking about when you assume that a person throws up to get rid of their food and they didn't it kind of gives them the ideas like oh man I, I didn't do that so I guess I never really had a disorder or oh, I, well, I never threw up, so I guess I'm not really accepted or I'm valid because I never did that. And to those of you who might think I'm over-exaggerating, I'm not because the exact same stuff happened to me. 
right fresh out of the hospital when my immediate family members accused me of throwing up and I kept telling them that I didn't, I thought for a long time like, oh, I wasn't even really valid, you know, like my eating disorder wasn't that important because I didn't throw up like everybody else apparently does, but that's not true. I felt very invalid, like I said, when those family members just assumed that I had vomited to get rid of that food. And, you know, like I said, I, I've, I felt like a terrible person because I was like, oh, well, I never did that. So did I really have an eating disorder? Like, I, I would put my brain through the weirdest of things and through the stupidest of ideas uh, just to draw conclusions that make no sense. So if you suffer from an eating disorder, it's equal across the board. No one is more sicker than someone else. Everyone's health is just as important as the last person's. If you have an eating disorder, you are just as valid as someone who might have an eating disorder differently from yours. If you have a binge eating disorder, and then you also have this person that is suffering from anorexia, they are both equally important. They are both equally in need of recovery and in need of help. Nobody is different from the last one. They're all the same. And they are all just as important. So, there you guys go. There's just a few of the many, sadly, many myths uh, of eating disorders debunked and explained for you. I hope you guys found some value in this and found it to be educating because that's one of my main goals with this podcast. I I want to be able to spread awareness, but on top of that, be able to educate those who aren't really familiar with eating disorders and want to learn more and may possibly help somebody in their life that could be suffering. Uh, And please remember, guys, if you ever need anyone to talk to or you need help starting with your recovery journey uh, or want to hear more debunks on eating disorder myths, you know, whatever you guys might want, you already know you are free to send me a message through email or Instagram DM. You can find those in the description for you to use. So please, if you need a person to talk to that has gone through recovery, has personal experiences, just send a message my way. And again, I say this with every single episode, please do not feel scared to talk to me, to reach out to me if you feel like you need someone to talk to. I always tell my listeners who have reached out to me, you know, it's very important that they do that because it's a necessity, I think, to talk to somebody first that's experienced with eating disorder recovery or just eating disorders in general, uh, just to kind of feel more like in your comfort zone and feel like you're talking to like a best friend really um, that has gone through very similar trauma and experiences as you before reaching out for professional help. Ultimately, of course, you need to reach out to a professional, but I feel like the best thing for you to do if you want to succeed is to talk with somebody who is experienced and who has gone through recovery and knows the ins and outs of it. And that would be me. So if you literally don't have anyone else to talk to that has not experienced eating disorders or eating disorder recovery, that's why I always suggest that you guys reach out to me and talk to me because I love hearing from you guys. I love seeing all the messages that you send me. Every time I get a message from a fan, I always say this, I instantly respond to it, even if it's like in the middle of class or like I'm doing something important. I always instantly respond to uh, fan messages and uh, DMs from people who listen to the show because I find their health very, very important, uh, just like anybody else's. And if reading and responding to that message instantly gets them the help that they need, 
then I'm going to do it. You know, if this is very, very important to them and they need me to hear them out, then I'm going to do it as soon as possible. So like I said, if you need any sort of encouragement or anything like that, just message me and I will respond. And of course, if you're ready to seek professional help, you guys already know that there will be eating disorder hotlines in the description for you to call. These people will do anything for you to help you start your journey, so don't feel scared to reach out to them. And of course, when you come and talk to me first, I'll, in the end, suggest that you reach out to a professional now that you might be more comfortable. Um, and also, on top of hotlines, there are also lots of websites in the description for you to check out as well with more information on eating disorders, eating disorder awareness, and recovery, as well as some mental health struggles that can also come along with eating disorders. There's going to be some websites and some hotlines uh, that go with those as well. But on that note, that's all I have for you guys. I hope you all have a safe and amazing day and week, and please remember to stay safe and healthy.